Hello and welcome. This is Harry and you're listening to The Lit Podcast, a show where we speak with New York City event hosts and their stories. Uh, joining me this week is Yerk and to talk about what he does here in Brooklyn. So welcome hey. to the show. How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm alive considering the situation out there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all just like staying alive. Like that song, right? Like the song, yeah. <laughs> the BGs, BGs for life. Yes. Um, I guess I wanted to lead with this question. So, what's the story behind your name? Uh, it's I think it's very interesting. And my so name. Like so yeah, Yerk. So um, funny thing is, just like it's kind of a uh, a clue to what my name is, and it's uh, it's kind of a mystery. So um, it's just an alias I use where. It's so uh, there's not much to go on, but that's pretty much the story. It's okay. a clue it's a clue to my real name. I'll leave it at that. All right. And then could you tell us a little bit more about well, what exactly is your event? And how did you what's the like the backstory there? Like how did you end up doing this stuff? How did how did you end up being in like New York? Well, I mean if I mean it all goes back to uh when I used to live in Florida, I actually um, originally from Puerto Rico, San Juan, Rio Piedra. Uh, and we, you know, I started just DJing like for just high school parties. Like it was all reggaeton parties. So I just kind of started as a, uh, a reggaeton DJ. And uh, this was back in like 2005, right? When like uh, reggaeton was really blowing up and like, it was just like, I mean, anywhere you went. It doesn't matter what kind of state radio station it was. It was just like uh, reggaeton was playing everywhere. And like we would do house parties. Um, and, you know, uh, we have uh, what we call uh, Paris de Marquesina. That's kind of like the, the, the theme of what it was. Because usually back in, in Puerto Rico, you would do these parties where like everyone just had, it was so hot that you would just do them like, in, you know, in, in a Marquesina, which is just a driveway. So um we kind of took that in, uh, we were doing it in central Florida and I was doing a lot of those. It was me and a buddy of mine. And then we just, I just started promoting events and just doing a bunch of these uh, uh, reggaeton parties like in skating rings and, and, and a bunch of uh, community centers. And yeah, and then I uh, ended up moving to uh, New York uh, for various reasons. And then, yeah, I just kind of continue it. Um, I kind of moved to do more techno stuff and more into like house and other other areas of electronic music but i still continue doing reggaeton but yeah it's kind of like what kind of you know it's kind of started as a as a fun thing that i was just doing in high school and then you know i was already kind of producing music on the side so uh, yeah okay so then it sounds like you started off in puerto rico and then yeah. you did more of that stuff in in florida and then you ended up here in New York. Yeah. That's cool. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn in la casa. <laughs> and could you maybe explain a little bit more about kind of like the progression and what genres you, you, you like to play? Yeah. I mean, you know, it all started with uh, 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 reggaeton. I mean, that was the thing where I, you know, grew up listening to that. So a lot of my, you know, early, uh, you know, starring career in DJing was just all that. I mean, that's 100% all I did. So, uh, but I was, I always had a fascination for um, like, in Puerto Rico, we had, you know, my influences are reggaeton, obviously, 
you know, dance hall reggae because it was just always playing there. You always listened to it. It was just always played with uh, reggaeton. And then what we would call club music. So like club music would just be like what other people will classify either techno, house or whatever. So it was all kind of mixed together. And I kind of continue touching on from that route from like back home where, you know, that was what we call club music. And this is like a lot of the music that was coming out, you know, in the, in the late nineties and early two thousands. And this is where like, there was also an explosion of like, you know, kind of a lot like electronic music became like kind of semi mainstream in a way. And like every, every kind of like pop music had a, you know, almost like a house sound to it or almost like some kind of like, you know, techno electronic influence. So, you know, I got, I got kind of into it there because it, you know, I listened to a lot of the music coming out of Detroit and it was a big influence on me for like music wise. So, uh, yeah. And it, you know, that's kind of my progression. It's like, I have a lot of kind of roots of music that I like, um, my sister played the piano at home, so I, I, I like a lot of classical music myself. Then my dad would play a lot of 60s music. He liked the Beatles a lot, so I like a lot of music from the 60s as well, 70s as well. And then I have like that, you know, Spanish influence. So like it's a, a salsa, merengue. So it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's all crazy. But <laughs> it, as far as stuff I play, it's stuff that touches all those elements. So I would do a lot of housey stuff that had a lot of like Latin flavor and influence there. Uh, and, and some of the, what would, you know, you would call, uh, you know, Detroit techno specific stuff that was really hard hitting too as well. And, you know, I try to just kind of blend all those elements and, you know, I don't like to say that I play one kind of thing. It's just whatever would fit that vibe or whatever that, um, uh, was kind of, you know, people were vibing with, you know, that's, I, that's what I kind of would play. So, yeah, I'm always down to like, you know, they're, they're, you know, you probably see me play that I might start playing house one day and then yeah. at the end of the night I'll start playing reggaeton. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, we're going to, we're going to get into that. Definitely. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, I don't like to, uh, stick to one thing. No. Could you tell me, can you, can you remember any like early memory that sort of really got you started? Is there any like particular memory that, that you can remember that sort of was like, your moment when you're like, I want to, I want to do this. Like, this is really, really fun. Did you ever have something like that? Like music wise? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Like, did you ever, uh, like, I remember using like Limeware back in the day a lot. And... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like I, my fascination with music and computers, they were both together. And a lot of it was just, you know, like, you know, back in like early 2000s and like, you know, it was already online and you were using like, Limeware, Kasa, and you know, and all the million ones that were out there, and you were torrenting music and whatnot. So, uh, I mean, a lot of my uh, my fascination and inspiration just came from like just the people around me and the influence that I had, like what my parents were listening to, and then also, um, you know, my parents are you know really religious, and we grew up in like in in the you know in if you go to church in like regular, um, you know, uh, in a Spanish church, you're going to have like all your like salsa, you know, style of music is going to be played there. Like you had like a whole band playing. So like you had a big bass, uh, you had percussion section. So it's like, it was almost like a band that would play every Sunday. So like me growing up seeing that, I was like, wait, I want to get into that. And I actually started playing drums and, uh, uh, congos and bongas like early on when I was really young because I got it, I introduced early in church 
where people were playing people were like uh it was like a big band basically so it was uh pretty awesome that i got that experience yeah so it sounds like it's really in your blood huh i yeah i mean it's been uh i mean it gets I remember like, you know, my mom would tell me that, you know, uh, she was like one of those that she would play classical music when we were about, you know, when I was a kid, because they, you know, people thought they would make your kids smarter because they would listen to classical music. I don't know if there's any kind of scientific backing <laughs> into that, but yeah, I was, there was music always playing at home. So yeah, it was definitely an influence. All right. And then could you maybe take us fast forward to tell us a little bit more about like, um, like you, you and Broken, right? So we're trying to focus more on New York City and the events that happened here. Yeah. Tell me more about like, so you, we already covered like the early history um, back in Puerto Rico and what kind of yeah. like how you got started. Tell me more about like what brought you to New York and kind of like your, what was like that first year like for you? Yeah, so 2013. Yeah, that's when I moved. I remember driving, uh, taking everything from uh, Florida and moving up to New York. Uh, it was just a job opportunity that happened, and uh, I, you know, since I was a kid, I always wanted to move to uh, move to New York. That was like a dream come true. So an opportunity came up, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna take it. And then when I started, when I moved here, um, I started. Um, I met someone that, um, you know, he was he was a, a DJ as well, and we started. You know, uh, he was a coworker. And we're still, we started throwing parties at our office, which it was pretty crazy. Like we would go to work and we would do our thing. And then after hours, we just had the whole place to ourselves, and we just had parties and we started like just doing that. And then from there on, I, I, you know, it kind of, uh, it, this is where I start, you know, getting more into the scene here specifically in Bushwick and just, uh, frequenting a lot of the places. And then I, you know, got back into myself, you know, DJing at places and, you know, start, uh, going back to you know producing music so uh you know this is when like if uh around that time like you know you had output i don't know if you remember output was around <laughs> yeah we, we was, all remember output we all remember output you know you had verboten and you had um you know all these places don't exist anymore they have different names uh well it's crazy because in new york there's so much churn right so like yeah the the rent gets really really expensive for commercial real estate and there's a really big problem now if you actually go down new york city there's so many storefronts that are shut down right and there's a really big concern that that type of that could be bad for like the local economy right so we could go into like a, a downward spiral where like nobody can afford the rent but then nobody can buy stuff because nobody's selling stuff and it's it's really really bad yeah, and to that point, I mean, I mean, just with the current situation now, uh, what that, what the issue I have with this is that now, now you have places like, uh, uh, okay, warning, ramp coming. Uh, you have places where it's, it's, it, you know, like now you're gonna have these big corporations buying these places and like, oh, they'll make their own clubs because they're the only ones that can afford some of these places. And now you have, you're gonna have, it's, it's not really run by community anymore. Because some of the, the places like the rent is so ridiculous that you can't have a mom and pop place open up, a, you know, have a, a community, actual community driven club now. It's becoming so expensive that you have, you're going to have like places like we don't want New York to be like Vegas when you have like this big clubs and like corporations running places. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's not what New York is. You, it's that underground scene that makes it great. And, you know, it's kind of sad at some of the places that, you know, 
were here when I moved in 2013, which I had a lot of great time, a lot, uh, you know, and you're not, not really around anymore. Not around anymore. Yeah. I mean, I just walk anywhere in Bushwick, you'll see a place that was there. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Silent Barn, I was walking around there, before, you know, that was a place that was pretty dope, gone. The Globe, that place is gone. Like a lot of the DUI places just gone because it's, you know, rent. It's crazy. Well, I think, I think just side note, I think the Glove was never legal anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> they're always like, kind of like, yeah. you're not sure if this is the last night. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But like, you know, it's, I don't know. I think there might be making a comeback, but that's the rumor. Yeah. Well, I'd love to, I'd like to cover like some of those speculations too in the, in like this, uh, in this podcast with people. Sure. What are they thinking about kind of how things would, would be after, after COVID. So for those that are listening, maybe sometime in the future right now, it's, uh, what is it? May, May, 2020. We're still in quarantine during 15, COVID. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, I was going to ask before I forget, cause we'll go back to quarantine. But before sure. I forget, um, what what neighborhood did you end up in when you first moved to New York? So when I moved, I uh, I actually started, I moved to back, uh, I was like around uh, uh, like downtown and like by around Wall Street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like really awkward place to go to, um, and I got a really cheap deal out there. I could think because you know that's uh, was I think it was after Sandy that a lot of those apartments no one really wanted because some of them got flooded and whatnot. So I got a good deal on that. Then I ended up moving to Prospect Park after it because I hated it there. Um, I was kind of close to uh, Clinton Hill, I would say, mostly. Yeah. But um, I ended up, I was always in Bushwick. So it's like, it was just, it was like, why am I doing this? And I eventually moved to Bushwick. Like, I remember, um, so we, we, we met at, um, at a local bar called Rebecca's. Right. And we started, started becoming friends there. I remember one time just like shooting the shit outside of Rebecca's. I, you were talking about how you were always spending time in Bushwick and that it just it made sense for you to move to Bushwick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. I mean, they're just the scene here is so good that I'm so lucky that I can just like, you know, if you live in Bushwick, you have, you know, there's so many good places you can go. Like, and, uh, you know, if you want to rave on a Monday night, like you can do it at you can do it in Bushwick. There's there's no excuses here. Uh, so yeah, the scene here is great. Yeah, just it just made sense. And let's see. So you started off in in Manhattan, went to uh, further south in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and now you're here in in Bushwick. Yeah. And I was wondering. Like maybe let's 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 cut to the chase and start talking about what is your event. So yeah, um, what is it? I think you have multiple kind of um, different efforts. Could you maybe mm-hmm. uh, talk, touch on them all and, and explain yeah. kind of what you're doing? Yeah. So I've been kind of um, you know trying to stay sane during this quarantine. I've been doing a lot of live streams, and a lot of these are kind of spontaneous, to be honest. So um, if uh, most of them are happening through uh, Instagram. So if you just follow me on your, your music, so it's Y-U-R-K and then music on uh, Instagram, you, you might just get a notification that I'm doing something there. 
and then the other thing is um, I've been, you know, you know, working on a lot of just producing music now. Now that we're stuck at home, uh, you know, I'm, I've been kind of getting busy on working on music and uh, just, you know, I have some projects coming up uh, hopefully soon. And I just released something on my Bandcamp. So if you go to, uh, again, it's the same thing, York Music at Bandcamp or just up in York, you'll find me. And uh, yeah, I have uh, just a few releases that I have there and just, you know, trying to get that out there and uh, share. And, you know, also, you know, I, I'm always on, you know, looking for opportunities to do, to do events, but right now we can't really do actual physical events, obviously, because of the situation. But, um, you know, uh, there's always, there was always a, a monthly gig happening at Rebecca's, but right now, obviously, uh, we'll have to wait. <laughs> yeah. That's way. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear more about. So, like, I've listened to your music, and obviously, I'm a fan. Um, could you maybe describe more about? And you, so you have different different things. There's also organized disorder. Right. I don't know if you want to touch on that and what that is. Yeah, sure. Organized disorder pretty much was kind of the birth of the of the parties and events that I was throwing. Uh, it started as kind of like a promotional uh, uh, a promotional idea of just throwing parties, which it was first originally called False Flag. Then it, I kind of turned it into what it would be a record label, where the idea is just, uh, it's not only just a, uh, like a promotional and an event uh, uh, organization, but it's more going to be a, uh, a, a platform for people to release music. And, you know, the idea is for, you know, for me to release my own stuff through it, but also to work specifically with people in here in uh, locally. So, uh, yeah, so it's just a record label and, 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 uh, and well, it was, it is an event whenever we can do events again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, so you, so you have an Instagram for that you promote it on there. Yeah. And I've been to, I like the flyers that you make to kind of like promote that stuff. Yeah. I like how you, it's not just you. So you have kind of like a short list or you're developing this like roster of, of fellow DJs. And so for people that have never been to one of your parties, could you, and are just listening, could you maybe just describe what is that? What is the scene? What is the vibe at, yeah. at your, at your kind of like your live shows, kind of like what are the genres that are played? Kind of like what, uh, what's the appeal there? Yeah. Uh, when this first, just to, just so, the whole ge in genesis of all, all of this was to kind of build a party, like not just another collective of group of people throwing parties, because we have plenty of those already. My first original idea was to create a, what would be a place where DJs that don't play with e usually with each other will get together and play. So it's, uh, the idea is not to um, be one specific, it's not a party to be known to be a techno party or a, you know, a drum and bass party or a, reggaeton party is it's it's no it's it's different so every time it's going to be a uh, different collections of people and it's usually mixing different people they haven't played with each other um and it's a good way to um to kind of bring people together that haven't really you know interacted with each other i feel that sometimes we have our own bubbles in the parties that we throw and you kind of see the same people so i'm always trying to take people from different places different djs from different areas and uh and get them together and that's honestly the kind of like what makes it great because you know you'll tonight stop my start with someone playing a lot of like very soulful you know house and then we might progress into like more hard techno and you know it kind of you know every every event is different um 
uh, and the last one we had, we had, um, you know, uh, a lot of house and then, but a lot of like disco too. So it was, you know, very, uh, you know, very funk and very danceable and then a lot of Latin influence. And, you know, so it's, it's always different because it's always mixing different styles, different people that play different, that have different selections. And when you put them together, it's just, it's always a very, um, it, it's, it makes for a good experience because there's always high energy. There's always different sounds and vibes clashing in, and it's, it makes it interesting. It's not, you know, you go to one place and it's just one style of music, and which is great if you, if you like that, but you always get uh, different styles going in and changing. So, yeah. Right. So people should go to your Organized Disorder event series. Yeah when it's possible in the future yeah we usually um, announce everything through there um hopefully uh you know if we get <laughs> get out of this soon well, i was gonna say that people should look out for that event series if they're looking for like um kind of like a more eclectic it sounds like yeah um dj experience so like you said it would be sometimes disco sometimes how sometimes harder techno but what um what i find interesting though is that at the end of the day you're still curating it right so you are um you're the one putting promoting or like listing those djs um could you maybe talk more about how how do you how do you get these connections with other djs how do you find djs to to um play um at your at your events um and kind of yeah. like what are you what are you looking for there because i i, I really believe that you're curating that you're you're, yeah, you're, that, you're the one ultimately saying hey please play at my thing what are you looking for um yeah for i i i'm just a uh i'm a i'm the i'm a fan of the scene I, so i'm always going to events and uh you know everyone that has usually played for one of these shows i've probably been somewhere and i'm like man this person is just on and i'm feeling the vibe and it's just you know i'm like you know that needs to happen and then i just go talk to them that's basically it you know, a lot of it is just seeing people play live and seeing them out there. And because there's something about people that can play music, but there's something about people that can read the crowd and then actually just, you know, when you when you see someone that can read the crowd and they can, you know, they can they can understand what's what's working and what's not. And they just keep pushing on the buttons on the crowd, what's working. And it's just like when I see that, it's like, man, that's great. I love the energy. I like that. Then, you know, it's it's those are people I like to bring because it's, it's, you know, they, it's, it's all about the people. It's not really so much about the DJs. It's about keeping everyone moving. Right. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's safe to say that the, the DJs that you curate they're they can read the crowd and it's a, it's a good, it's a good party. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of it is just, I go somewhere and I see them playing and it's just like, yo, this is great. And I'm vibing with it. And it, you know, a lot of it is, it's, it's not, it's not so much on, uh, you know, uh, like, it, you know, like with the style of music, it's just like, it's just like, if just the vibe is great, like, it's, you know, it could be anything. That's why, that's why, you know, there might be people that might play like, you know, a lot of disco, there might be people that might play a lot of like, you know, electro or some drum and bass. It just, it doesn't really matter. It just, you know, it's, it's about keeping, keeping a good set going. Okay. And then uh, going back to kind of like your, your personal music. So in addition to DJing other, other genres like house and techno, and it seems like you're a really great DJ that can uh, make a party happen. But in addition to that, you see, I know that you have released a couple of, I don't know if they're EPs or discs or. 
Uh, we consider EPs, if you want to get technical, I guess, EPs, right? Yeah. yeah. Could you talk maybe about like, so that, that's not organized disorder. That is, that is York music. And so maybe, is that fair? Is that accurate? Well, it, it, it kind of, I mean, you know, organized disorder is the label. So um, what I'm doing is a lot oh, of this. It's the label. Yeah, it's a label. So a lot of the stuff that I'm, you know, I have stuff that I produce myself that I would just release on my band camp. But I do have what um, one EP that was released to organize this order, which it was my, uh, uh, the last EP I did um, uh, last year, uh, Place Not Found. So that one was the uh, first one that came out on organize this order. But it's, it's uh, yeah, everything we just say technically is going out through that, through that label. Yeah, I'd love to talk about this, um, this album you released. I listened to it. I, I can describe it. I can give it a shot describing it, but I'd love to okay. hear, I'd love to hear you describe it. Um, what is, what is that genre? What are you shooting for in, yeah. in, in that? That's to me, that's like more, like more pure art yeah. um, instead of performing. Yeah. So one thing to note is a lot of the stuff that I do is I, I try to perform live. So a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, the, these tracks are done. It's, it's a moment that was captured. That was a performance. So uh, what do you mean? So meaning that, you know, there's different ways of producing things. You can produce something where it's um, you sitting down and you write this composition and it's written in a software where you can just, you know, uh, you know, you can tweak and you can do things. A lot of the stuff is, uh, that I work on is it's outside of a, a DAW, what it was, would be called a software. And I do a lot of it um, in, in what's a modular setup, which everything is set up in its own modular modular uh like you have a piano you have a drum machine and you have different components so th the way that i'm recording is i have a, a a track once obviously once i've worked on it and i have it sounding good i actually play it live and i record it live like i'm playing the actual sequences and i'm doing the the actual um changes myself at the moment i record it and it's all like all a performance that i was done you know i kind of play the track live in a sense does that make sense? Yeah, it does to me because I've I've actually been following you on on your Instagram and I have listened to the actual the actual uh, album on on Bandcamp. Yeah. I was how was uh, so I saw that you did the thirty days of 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 York or was it thirty days of performing? <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. That was for January, I think. Could you yeah. tell me more about what that was and how did you feel at the end of it? Yeah, so that's a that's a challenge that's been going on. On it's called January challenge, and that's been going on for a few years. Which is just just have to. There's no actual rules or anything, but it's just it's a challenge to create a brand new track every day, and it's uh, either you just make a composition. It can be very simple. Uh, it could be a pattern of music that you just create, and then you know I take it. You know I I like I like challenges where it, they kind of push me, and this is one of them where I. I really try to make up a, a new track every day. And then once I have it ready, then I perform it and I record it and then I have it out there. And it's, you know, you have to do a track for each day. So it's, it's kind of crazy because you have to like think about a new idea each time. So it's, 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 it's a good exercise to start the year because it kind of like, it's a good, uh, uh, I would say a, um, a good way to push myself in a way to, to, to produce and to create and to actually um, uh, force myself to try different things. So, it, you know, a good time to experiment. So it's, it's, uh, I like it. It's interesting. And it's, uh, it's my second year doing it. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of great ideas that come out of it. 
I that I didn't know. I didn't know it was your second year. Yeah. Um, I thought it was more something like a New Year's challenge type of thing. So. No, no, no. It's it's just a every year. You know, a lot of people do it online, and there's a hashtag that you can follow January, and then you know you'll see a lot of people doing it. Uh, and it's uh, you know you'll see them on you know YouTube or Instagram or whatnot, and it's just you know anyone can just come in, do your own track, and then you just have to do one every day. <laughs> did you did you get any good gems out of those uh, thirty days of of jamming? I did. I did. I, I actually released uh, three tracks that actually came out of there, which it was uh, uh, something I released in the beginning of this month, uh, which I released under my band camp under, uh, it's called Delay Tech, which is going to be kind of like the style of music that I'm calling. So when you were talking about like the influences of my album, kind of the influence of like, what is that kind of music? And I'm curious what you would describe it as because you never told me. So you call it, you're calling it Delay Tech? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the idea. I'm not saying that I'm doing my own kind of music, but it's kind of the idea of, of the style of music that I'm doing. It's very influenced on a lot of elements of using delay mm-hmm. and tech because it's just techno and that's kind of, you know, uh, the two roots mainly of influences. Yeah, you know, like it's, um, some people like to operate, with, do their art through a constraint. And that sounds yeah. like a like a constraint on your on your art, um, so using a, a delay effect. Yeah, um, I mean it's 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 kind of so talking on the influences. It's more like a uh, a lot of influences in dub, obviously, because um, uh, because of my uh, appreciation for uh, reggae, and so there's a lot of use of delay effects and a lot of use of. Uh, um, reverb and whatnot so um that's kind of like an influence there in itself just you would call dub music i see uh did you get any did you were you surprised at any point uh during january like did you learn something new yeah i mean every every time i it's it's always interesting when you're forced to create and you're you're putting yourself in a kind of a deadline to do something you you start trying out different things. You know, I, I've learned new, new tricks from like some of the gear that I have. And it's, it's always good because you, you find a new trick. You find a new, oh, wait, I, you know, if I hit this, if I apply this setting to this one filter and then I do this this way, then I get this down. And then it's like something new that you discover. Um, you're trying to get different sounds, try different things. So it's, it's always a good, uh, it's always a good way to force yourself to learn something new. So yeah, there's, there's always, I, I come up with different new ideas, new tricks, but I can't share them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. You have to come to the show to see them. Yes. The, let's see, what, um, what's, what's the favorite place you ever played at? Because I know you've played at several places around um, Bushwick, at least, that I know yeah. of. And I'm curious to see, like, what's, I, your, I, what's your personal favorite? Because I know you've played all around the world, actually. <laughs> we haven't even touched on that. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Last year we had a pretty dope party. It was um, uh, it was this was a three dollar bill, and it was actually in the open. And I don't know if you went to that one, but that was when I did an old reggaeton party. I missed and, it. And I mean that party was so great. And I mean, there's a lot of great venues that I played as far as like sound systems and whatnot. Like Bossa Nova has a great sound system in there. Um, 
uh, Mood Ring has a great sound system. Um, you know, you know, good, good, good vibe there. Um, you know, four, four, four. May you rest in peace. Which is now? <laughs> well, now it's Mood Ring. Now it's Mood Ring. More Mood Ring Part Two. Uh, mood yeah, Ring Part Two. Yeah, <laughs> episode but, uh, two. Yeah, episode two. I always like like those events that are live. They're in the open, so that was one that was great. Uh, and I would say um, last, uh, you know. Last year, I played at uh, I did an actual live set where I was just playing live music, and this is more of an ambient live set, which is kind of like the other kind of music I like. I like a lot of ambient music. That's another influence. And I was just playing in Governors Island. We were playing in the just in in the in I was just playing in the open, and the weather was great. I mean, it was just awesome. I think that's it's really hard to top that. Was that for Governors Ball or just at, at the island? No, it was just it was a it, it was just an event that was just happening there for ambient music, and I just got invited to play. It was in the, it was just at Governor's Island. Yeah, it was like at one of those um, like you know if if you've been to Governor's Island, there's that area where you have a lot of houses, and then uh, there you have like a big patio area where a lot of people can just like sit down and picnic. Uh, we just had a sound system there, and it was very like kind of old school. You just bring your own sound system, you bring your gear, and then. Uh, yeah, you just play live. That was, it's really hard. B-Y- to BYOG, B- bring your own yeah. gear. <laughs> everything, everything. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah, and then you have to bring all your gear. You have to go and take the boat. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So that, was, that was fun. I'm surprised you didn't mention Jupiter Disco as one of your top places because that's one of my top places. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Jupiter and Disco, it's great. The, the sound yeah, system the- there, it's in the vibe of that place is... Yeah, that was that was like the last place I played before. Uh... It's like it's it's like a it's like a it's like something out of <laughs> it's like something out of Blade Runner that place. Yeah, and they have like the the, they have the terminal on behind the where they yeah. have their menu, and then it's always like a like if like if you're on a Linux terminal or something, it's like the text coming in. Uh, they do empanadas there, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't know about the empanadas. I knew oh, about yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a really like interesting drinks, uh, yeah. lots of custom drinks, and they're all like sci-fi themed. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, that, that um, place they, is very special. Yeah, they have a rotary mixer, which is awesome. Uh, which instead of having a slider uh, for volume control, is a rotary mixer. So it's look it up online. You you know what I mean. <laughs> I'll Google it. <laughs> It's uh, it's pretty badass. Um, that that's actually like you know that that's just on equipment wise. I was just geeking out on it. It's just very nice to play on that, and and just they do have beautiful like custom. It looks to me custom made uh, speakers, which look just beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, was um, uh, that was the last place before uh, shelter. Before quarantine, <laughs> so how's uh so how are you doing with quarantine then? Um, it, I I feel like it kind of snuck up on everybody. It was all all of a sudden people are like, you can't you stop. <laughs> yeah. No more drinking. Yeah, it's yeah, no more drinking, right? Um, I don't know. It was it was at first. Um, I was more concerned about the situation with like you know the uncertainty of like how serious is this thing? Am I at risk? Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, on the side, I, I can, I work as an engineer and I can, I've been working remotely already. So it was, it was not a big deal for me to stay at home and be, because sometimes I'll work from home. Uh, it, so that was not that much of a, of a, of a drastic change. 
Um, I actually was, you know, not going to the city as much anyway. I was mostly in the neighborhood, so it was great. But it's just everything closing is just different. Um, I remember a lot of places first was just 50% capacity. And then by then, that, that lasted, what, like a weekend? And then after, everything's like, no, we're closed. It was quick. Yeah. Was yeah, quick. I think. So people were like dilly-dallying with it. But then Cuomo was like, nope, like everything shut down. Uh, even the parks were shut down, which is very surprising because yeah. I I personally started, I, I used to go to the gym a lot mm -hmm. and like now that's closed. So then I was like, well, okay, I could probably do workouts in the park with like right. the, the, the bars and stuff. But even that was shut down. So I was very disappointed about that. Yeah, I mean, and uh, same here. I mean, I, you know, it's part of my like routine to just go, go do the gym every other day. And it's, it's it, yeah, after that closing and then everything else is like, I guess I'm stuck home. I can't, the parks are closed. So yeah, I just run now. Like that's my thing. Just go for a run. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, it's been, it's been kind of uh, interesting because uh, you know, now, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, we're all in, in this together. So it's like, it's interesting to see how everyone's, you know, reacting to it. I, you know, I have friends that, uh, you know, moved and, and, and went somewhere else. You know, there's people that have stayed here and there's people that are taking it really seriously. Some people that are not as much. Um, I've just been staying, honestly, by myself and just working on producing music. <laughs> it's just That's the way yeah. to stay sane. A lot of Netflix, you know. <laughs> I'm really, I mean, I'm hoping that a lot of people use it as an opportunity to, like, get all the things that they always said they never had time There's to no do. excuse. There's no excuse. You want to learn a language, do it now. You want to learn how to code, do it now. You want to start working on music. Okay. You want to get you know, a new hobby, do it now. Honestly. It, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one, that's like the, uh, that's all perspective, right? Like that's one way of looking at things like, okay, I'm stuck at home. I can't do anything. Well, I mean, if you still have the internet, I mean, there's just, I don't know, you can still take classes online. There's still things you can do. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, that's, I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even this podcast is a result of kind of like doing it now. Right. So right. Um, why not do things from, from home? Yeah. Uh, going back to your art. So like, what's the, can you tell us like a time when, when you got like a compliment or like, what's the best compliment you've ever gotten that like made you feel like all fuzzy inside about your, your performance or your music? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's one that happened not too long ago where I was like, I was actually, uh, I was in the middle of my set and, uh, you know, I was going to play a track by this one guy, which, uh, uh, guy or girl, I'm not going to name who it is. Person. Person. Don't assume, don't assume their gender. Man. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, I, yeah, you gotta be careful. Then <laughs> I, I, um, I actually see that person coming in while I was about to, you know, play that track. And I was like, oh man, that's weird. I don't want to play this dude's, you know, this dude's track while he's here. And um, that was an interesting experience because I never had that happen. Uh, and then after the person like just came to talk to me and give me feedback and like, oh, I've been listening to your stuff. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, so that was like a fellow music producer or music yeah, um, well, I, I artist? Was, Yes. Yeah. It was just someone that I was just in the middle of my set. I'm, I'm about, I'm going through which track I should play next. And I was going to play this one track. And then I look up on the dance floor and I see this person. I was like, Oh wait, this is your track. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Brooklyn, huh? Only in Brooklyn. 
Oh, Griffin, yeah. Hmm. Well, let's see. I think we'll probably end it there. So for yeah. the folks that want to learn more about you, like listen to your music, um, where can they find you? Yeah, I would say everyone just to, uh, if you go to my uh, Instagram, just go to York Music and uh, Y-U-R-K Music. And then uh, I'm linking there to my Bandcamp, which is, uh, you can go to just uh, York Music at Bandcamp. And, uh, yeah, I'll have all my releases in there and, uh, you know, follow me on, on Instagram and I'll be uploading any, any new upcoming releases and whatnot. They'll be go, going in there. Also for, you know, eventually when we open up and there might be some, uh, you know, virtual parties as well, um, organizers order. Um, that's kind of my, uh, my event page and hopefully we'll have something, uh, hopefully we'll have something soon. If we get out of this quarantine phase. I mean, we can all rave in like mass, right? Like, I mean, we can all yeah. rave from home, club quarantine. No, that just doesn't do it, man. I need to, I, we need to all wear masks and go to the raves. That's it. Done. Yeah, you just don't touch anyone. Like, we'll just keep distance. All right. The, we'll, um, we'll put all those links in the show notes for, for people. And, um, and that's it. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. All right.